You are listening to the Sound the Warcry podcast, episode 22. From people of faith, hope, courage, and lots of knowledge, welcome to the Sound the Warcry podcast. We are your source for inspiration, motivation, and practical advice from faith-based leaders to help you mentally and physically prepare for the unforeseen days that lie ahead in our world. Please note that our viewpoints are merely for your entertainment and do not represent the LDS Church or any faith-based Christian religion. Welcome back, everybody, to the Sound the War Cry podcast. I'm Heather Mitchell, your host for this podcast. And so far, we have talked about some really great things. I think last time we were together, we talked about heating. But what about you folks who live in hotter climates and you are going to need a way to cool down? Well, you're in luck because in this podcast episode, I'm going to teach you all about cooling down. If there's an emergency, you're out of power, you don't have AC, let's talk. Okay, first of all, there's something called a zeer pot, Z-E-E-R pot. And a zeer pot is one way to keep food cool in the heat of the summer. The idea is evaporative cooling and these pots are used worldwide. They are inexpensive and easy to make. So if you do a quick YouTube video or a Google search, uh, video um, on zeer pots, you're going to see some stuff come up. You'll get more pictures and instructions and ideas than you would ever possibly need. Um, but really what it is, is there's this porous clay outer pot. And then you have this airflow coming in, you have a water supply, you have some sand and you have an inner pot and you have a lid and, and all of that. And that's contained uh, within a container of sorts. All right. So you just have to go look this up on YouTube. Zeer pot, Z-E-E-R pot. And I think this would be a good project if you are an emergency prep specialist for the people in your group or your ward or your area or whatever community you're in um, to get together one night and teach them what these are and make them together. They can get the materials. I believe they're fairly inexpensive to put together. So once you do it yourself, you'll be able to kind of show others how to do it. And we're gonna need a way to keep some foods cooler, aren't we? When temps are up and we have no electricity and now we have food spoiling and we need to keep them refrigerated and keep them cooler. So let's think about a way to do that and this is the way to do that. The next thing would be an evaporative cooler with shelves. So an evaporative cooler will keep food cool for sure. It costs very little to build and and really nothing to operate. There are some simple instructions on how to make this. You're going to begin by acquiring some plastic shelves and then you cover the outside of the cooler with screen material. Uh, something that will keep keep the bugs out but won't rust if it gets wet, something like that. And then you're going to set the shelves on top of a tray uh, or inside a low, wide plastic tub. 
either put the top shelf on upside down or get a tub tray you can place on the top shelf and then fill the tub tray with water or if you've put the top shelf on upside down then fill the open space with water. Hang sheets of burlap down around the sides running from the water filled tray to the ground where they rest on the lower tub tray the shelves are sitting um, inside or on top of. And then you use magnets, hooks, snaps, Velcro to keep that burlap closed along the seams. Uh, the operation of this evaporative refrigerator is simple. The burlap acts as a wick and sucks water from the top down around the shelves and into the bottom container. You can keep your evaporative cooler refrigerator in a shady place where the wind can blow over it and keep the upper pan filled with water and the water is drawn through the wicks, the burlap, and it saturates the cover. And then the cooling begins faster. When the cover is dampened in advanced, you can also dip that in advanced uh, in some water or spritzing some water on it. The greater the evaporation, a breeze, air movement across it, the lower the temperature inside the refrigerator it's gonna go. Okay, regularly you're gonna wanna clean that refrigerator and put it in the sun to disinfect and dry out. But it is a good idea to have two covers so that a fresh one can be used each week while the soiled one is washed and put in the sun to dry and sanitize. You're gonna wanna note that this cooler isn't as effective in a humid environment if you live in um, the southeast, you know, Georgia, Florida areas, that type of weather, it's not going to be good. And it's going to encourage mold growth and attract mosquitoes to the, to the uh, container of water. So we're not going to do that. But there is kind of some pictures of this. What you can also do is Google this or YouTube this evaporative cooler with shelves for emergency prep and see what you can't find so you can get an idea of what I'm talking about here because it's hard to, to explain it to you and not be able to show you the pictures. All right, so you've heard of a root cellar. Let's talk about the cold storage or a root cellar. A cold storage room can be added to a basement or a root cellar can be dug into the ground. Both options, if done correctly, will be cool enough to preserve fruits and vegetables but warm enough to keep the food from freezing during the winter. These options require some knowledge and good instructions to follow, but will allow for the storage of larger amounts of foods than the above cooling options, the ones I just mentioned to you. All right. So even a garbage can will work as a makeshift root cellar. Did you know that? Cold storage and root cellars keep food cool without freezing it all summer and winter. So while those options I gave you are only useful in the summer heat, happily a root cellar or cold storage is an effective solution that has been used for hundreds of years and does not cost much more than the labor to, to dig the thing. So look into how to create your own root cellar or makeshift root cellar and how to even do that just with a garbage can, probably one of those metal garbage cans, okay? So think about that. All right, so this is really all I had on the cooling. I, in addition to keeping cool, now I'm in Arizona, I would recommend highly that you have a generator, you know, for starters, and a few propane tanks or whatever kind of fuel that generator is going to take, some gasoline, and then you get yourself one of those, um, 
window box fans that that you know you put water in and they 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 remain really cold and can keep a room cool that would be ideal in a situation where you're in the dead of summer and it's 115 degrees and you can't cool yourself down and, and your house is just so hot to have that blowing in one room would be a lifesaver so Obviously, you can have some solar-powered fans and things like that to keep you cool. I've even done a makeshift cooler before because we had the AC in our house go out one summer, and I was just Googling and YouTubing how to make your own fan and stay cool and and all of this this stuff going on. Um, It was basically just getting some dry ice into one of those styrofoam coolers, and it was there was like a fan blowing. There was kind of something I had to make shift to make that air go through that styrofoam cooler and just blow the ice block and it would blow cool air into the room. Again, you would need electricity for that. So this is why I'm going to be recommending that everybody within the sound of, of this podcast and my voice, especially in the summer heat, um, those months, if you're in a hot climate, you do get yourself a generator, make a plan for getting any kind of generator for this purpose right here so that you have a way to stay cool in the summer. And then get one of those swamp cooler box fans, those window box fans. And I know that those did sell out in in a lot of places this year because, you know, temperatures even up in Spokane, Washington were up to 109 this past summer. The weather was crazy. Where in areas it never gets cold, it got freezing. In areas where it's typically cooler, it got super hot. Something's going on. Um, but yeah, they weren't prepared for the mass of people who were coming in to buy those cooling fans, those swamp coolers and things. So while you can, I would highly recommend investing $100 in one of those swamp cooler window box fans. And, and then of course you know, whatever you can afford for a generator, they're usually $1,000 or less, depending on what models you get. But there's also solar powered ones. And there's tri-fuel. I would recommend a tri-fuel and even a solar powered one. If you can spring for both, you'd have a backup there. So think about that and ways that you can keep cool in the summer. But Google root cellars, Google and YouTube, these things that I've, I've talked about before, this um, evaporative cooler with shelves and the zero pot. And you'll be, you'll be getting some good ideas right there. So now what? We've talked about so many things, the lighting, the cooking, the heating and the cooling now. So now what? Well, now we make a plan for your family with the lighting, the cooking, the heating and power sources. Uh, you want to get at least two types per category and more if you can. And then you're gonna gather your lights, your heats, and your fuels. Now is the time to gather your supplies while they are still available. And you're gonna practice, practice, practice. How about a family, friend, ward, or neighborhood drill? You're gonna pick a day sooner rather than later and go without utilities or water. How will you cook, light, heat, and wash? Learn how to use your supplies now so that when disaster strikes, you will not only know where everything is that you need, but you're going to be comfortable using it. And then feel the peace of preparedness. There's nothing like the peace of the spirit when you feel like you're following what you've been asked to do. 
and that food storage and emergency preparedness, they're a matter of faith and obedience. So I want you to really focus on how you can be more obedient to what we've been asked to do already. Now, in our books on page 8-26, this is page, this is chapter 8. Dash 26. Okay, there is fuel storage comparisons at yourfamilyarc.org. And then it talks about all different kinds of fuel, including alcohol, batteries, butane, canned heat, charcoal, coal, diesel, firewood, everything matches. And then it talks about the recommended shelf life. It talks about what happens after shelf life if you were to try to use it. It talks about how to store it safely, and then it gives you the cautions um, on each. All right. So if you just download that book and print it off, you're going to see in that chapter eight, page 26 of chapter eight, that's where all of that is. So let's talk about getting our degree in lighting, cooking, heating, fuel, and and, uh, cooling, of course. So if you want an associate's degree, in this area. Here's what you'll do first. You'll have a flashlight and extra batteries for every person in your home. That's number one. You'll have a way to warm up canned food if the power goes out. That's number two. You're going to have warm clothes to put on and a blanket to wrap up in if your house gets cold. And lastly, you'll have a portable cooler or a lined shopping bag to keep food cold temporarily. That's if you just want the basic associate's degree. What if you want a bachelor's degree? If you want a bachelor's degree in cooking, heating, fuel, and cooling, you're going to need to do all those requirements I just mentioned for the associate's degree, plus have a second source of light in a power outage and the power source to go with it. Enough for six months. You already have a way to heat up food. Now you need a way to cook it as well. Store enough fuel to cook for six months or make yourself an apple box oven or other solar cooker and have cooking fuel for three months. You're going to figure out a way to heat one room in a grid down situation and have the fuel to do it. Enough for six months or have the kind of clothing bedding that you'll be warm enough if your house had no heat for an entire winter. You're also going to have one way to keep food cold in both winter and summer conditions. Plus, okay, so summer, for example, a cooler and ice maker, freezer with containers full of ice that will act as a cooler if the power is lost, etc. Winter, for example, you need a place, you need place, you can just place food outside in the cold in an animal proof container. So you need to know how to do that. That's if you want the bachelor's degree. But what if you're like, okay, cool. I think I can handle the bachelor's degree. Let me take it a step further. You want the master's degree requirements. So you're going to have everything done that I just mentioned in the associates and bachelor's requirements. Plus you're going to have three sources of light stored for various emergency scenarios and a year supply of the power sources and fuel that they require. So not two, but three. You're going to have two ways to cook food and one or two ways to bake without power and a year supply of the fuel required to do it. You're going to have one or two ways of warming and heating a small area and a six-month supply of the fuel to do it. You're going to make a couple of 
zir pots that we talked about today or make an evaporative refrigerator and then store the supplies to put it together quickly when it's needed. Done. Bam. That would be awesome. But then we have the go-getters of emergency prep who are going to hear this and go, yeah, dude, I'm on it. What else? You guys, here's what you're going to do. All the requirements for associates, bachelor's and master's requirements. Plus, you're going to have three or more sources of light stored and fuel to supply them for a year. You're going to have three or more ways to cook in various types of emergencies and the fuel to supply that for a year. You're going to have two or more ways to bake and the fuel to supply those for a year. Solar is looking pretty good right now, um, but what if we don't even have that? In the future, you're going to have two different ways to heat one for a shelter at home scenario and one for a tent camping scenario and the fuel to supply both for a year or foam clothes and bedding for everyone. You're then going to have two ways to keep food cool if you're at home and if you're away one for summer and one for winter. And then you're going to store a second of whatever you have to keep food cool in the summer. Got it? So that doctorate degree isn't much off from that master's degree. Depends on what you can do with the resources you have and where you can get started and build from. And I promise you, as you work through this book and these things I'm telling you, you're going to feel this, like it said, that peace that comes with being prepared. When the rest of the world's in chaos, you're not feeling the commotion of the chaos because you are prepared. You are not in panic mode. And that is what I'm trying to help you guys get to. That is my sole purpose of this podcast is to help you guys be prepared for an emergency situation uh, if anything should happen. Okay, awesome. So when we meet back, um, I've got special visitor next time. So this, I do have an interview this week with Aaron Ellis. We're going to be talking about a desolating scourge. So that is our topic, desolating scourge. And we're going to be uh, just talking about what we believe that is to be and what scriptures say about the desolating scourge that is to come if we're not there already. Okay. So tune in next time for that talk. And after that, we're going to get right into medical and first aid because that's a biggie. So that's going to take us a few weeks to get through as well. Have a beautiful rest of your day. Thanks for tuning in and stay prepared. Get prepared if you're not already and make a plan so that you can be more prepared and organized in the event of a disaster or event where the grid goes down. Thank you guys. Have a beautiful rest of your week. I'll talk to you later. Bye-bye.